The Minnesota Vikings have brought joy and misery to the Vikings fans for many years. At the Skull Purple Podcast, we just want to see the Vikings party with the Lombardi. Join us for analysis, interviews, laughs, and much more. It's the podcast by Vikings fans, for Vikings fans. The Skull Purple Podcast starts now. Here's your host, Carson Schubert. Welcome in to the Skull Purple Podcast on this Wednesday evening. I'll be joined shortly here by Tony, my co-host. Glad to be with you on this evening. We're going to talk, obviously, about the Vikings. Uh, Last I checked, uh, this is a Vikings podcast, so we're going to talk about the Vikings, the Tennessee preseason game, a little bit of recap about that. Um, Also, Dalvin Cook to the Eagles. Um, A report came out today that the Vikings and TJ Hawkinson are far apart on a contract. And uh, Byron Murphy looking really good, including a rep, at least one rep, where he locked up Hollywood Brown. So uh, things and whatever else comes up here on the show today, Tony will be joining me here shortly. Um, also want to talk a little bit about, uh, what the plan is for the next couple of weeks over the next couple of weeks. We're hoping to get some preview shows released, previewing not only the Vikings, but also some of the teams in the NFC North, like the Packers, boo and the lions Eh, boo. You know, we we don't mind the Lions, but they're kind of becoming more of a pest lately. So, uh, but we're uh, we'll be glad to welcome on some um, podcast personalities from some of these other teams as uh, we get into pre uh, previewing these uh, teams this season, and. Uh, So that'll be over the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the regular season that is just around the corner, less than three weeks away now. And just as I say that, the man is in the house. Tony, how are we doing, sir? Doing well. Doing well. Excited for, uh, well, yet another preseason game, whatever that does for somebody. Uh, And I heard you just talking about the fact that, yeah, we're roughly uh less than three weeks away about two and a half weeks ish uh, away from the start of the regular season so uh yeah ready for meaningful football there's always that weird break in between the preseason the regular season so uh for any college football fans out there that's going to be starting up and that'll be exciting uh, i'm not a big college carson are you a big college football guy um well i mainly care more about my team than I care about college football as a whole. So go Hawks, Iowa Hawkeyes fan. So, um, but I do, I've, I've grown to like watching college football more, but NFL is still superior. Um, in my opinion, not just obviously in competition level, but, uh, I just think it's a better watch, uh, in general because college games, you never know, well, a lot of times you do know what you're going to get when it's uh, Alabama playing Texas North or North Texas or whatever, you know, like uh, 73 <laughs> to zero. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. No, I'm uh, I'm definitely more of an NFL fan. I'm not a big college football fan. Uh, I do watch the Gophers. I'll pull for the Gophers living here in Minnesota. So obviously, you know, some Homerism there. Um, I didn't go to the U of M, but uh, all the games are on here. So, <laughs> uh, but I do, I do like them. Uh, I'll watch the Gophers and whatever PJ Fleck and his weird culty thing he has going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I uh, may have lost my connection there for a minute. I don't know if everybody is all right uh, view wise, but lost my connection. Hopefully, that will be better now. But. Um, Yeah, Tony, I guess um, let's go ahead and get into talking about the Tennessee preseason game. Uh, You know, we kind of described the game (laughs) as a snooze fest or a, uh, 
yawner, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's kind of what it was. I mean, offensively, a lot of field goals. They did get one touchdown finally, uh, but it was a very, very defensive type of game for 90% of the game. Pretty much, well, pretty much until the midway point of the fourth quarter or so, or something like that, I think it was. So, yeah. Um, but a lot of uh, a lot of backups getting the opportunity. No starting offensive lineman played in that game, which uh, Nick Mullins is probably not too happy about. But anyways, uh, <laughs> what were your uh, overall takeaways uh, from the game? And anybody stick out to you? Uh, I don't. I don't know if anybody stuck out to me as. You know, there was no wow factor for me with with anybody. Um, I would say that if there was any bright spot uh, to the game that I would highlight is that, again, for the second preseason game in a row, I felt that the first half defense looked good. Defense looked aggressive. Um, You know, obviously we're not playing all the starters. We're trying to figure out kind of who to plug in. Obviously, there's some injuries now. Sounds like Mackay Blackman, Caleb Evans. Uh, some of these guys are going to be ready to go here, uh, certainly before uh, or by week one. But overall, I just felt like, again, schematically, aggression-wise, it was just a breath of fresh air from what we were used to seeing last year. So um, I was very pleased with the way the defense looked uh, overall. Um, on the con side, yeah, I mean, it just it felt like the offensive line is in, in a rough spot. And um, I know we don't have starters in there, but what that tells me, Carson, is that we we probably can't afford, not that many teams can, uh, but we're not going to be able to afford a, an injury or two. I mean, I think a couple injuries on the offensive line, you know, I think things might get a little, little nasty quick. So uh, the, the B squad and the C squad, Certainly, the D squad uh, on uh, on the offensive line is pretty darn porous. Um, would have liked to see more Jaron Hall with uh, even the B squad uh, offensive line. I did feel like he maybe looked a little bit more comfortable uh, in the second preseason game, but overall, again, you know, um, hard to evaluate when there's just not a lot of time there for him. So that's what I took away. That's how I felt about it. Again, not overly good or overly bad. As you mentioned, it was kind of a boring game. Um, but uh, what were your thoughts? How, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I, I, I kind of felt the same way. And, you know, the first team offense, or I should say the second team, first team in that game, uh, did not really stick out to me uh too much, but I will say they uh, did a better job compared to the Seattle game, I thought, of at least moving the ball down the field. But the problem was, as we found out in the final score, that they were not able to punch it in to get a touchdown uh, any of the times until the fourth quarter. And that was the reason they lost the game because they couldn't get a touchdown until that final, I think that was their final drive for or second to final drive. They got the, the touchdown finally, but uh, yeah, Mullins, you know, he looked okay at times. And then at times, you know, he looks like a backup quarterback, which obviously he is, but also, you know, it kind of makes you think, well, some of these overthrows that he made in the game that, uh, that could con that could come back to haunt your team. If you get into, the uh, if you get into the game, into a regular season game, if he has to fill in for Kirk Cousins, um, that's something that the Vikings are going to have to live with, you know. Um, so those are just a few minor things. Um, some players that kind of stood out. Uh, Lewis scenes stood out in uh, a good and a bad way. <laughs> like he uh, made some good tackles, but also missed some really bad tackles. And uh, Ivan Pace Jr. again, I thought, stood out really well, um, looking really good. Still interested to see coverage-wise how he can do. Uh, Troy Dye had an interception. Um, 
I'm still not sold on Troy Dye being much more than a fourth string middle linebacker, but uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at with some of these evaluations. Um, let's let's give it up a little bit for Nick Muse. I uh, I'm kind of been impressed with him uh, as kind of kind of a battle for that third tight end spot, even though I don't think he's really got a chance because. Kevin O'Connell has already called Johnny Munt the greatest third-string tight end in the NFL. So that that sounds pretty solidified to me, you know? So uh, maybe there's a chance, Tony, that uh, he gets on as a fourth-string tight end and they only keep five wide receivers. Uh, but who knows? They only did keep five wide receivers to start the year last year. I think there might be a better chance of them keeping six this year, but who knows? Maybe they'll go with another sixth corner and uh, try to try to keep um, Najee, Najee Thompson, right? Uh, he's the special teams guy that's been standing out too. Um, so he's basically this year's... Um, who do I want to say? Uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, but anyways, he is, I don't know how well he'll be as a defensive back. However, he's looking really good on special teams. Najee Thompson is. You're on mute there, Tony. Oh, (laughs) you know, it's not a, it's not a podcast without somebody talking to themselves on mute. That's right. That's right. Yeah, no, I thought he's looked good. Yeah, I thought he's looked good so far. Um, yeah, and you mentioned Ivan Pace. I thought Ivan Pace looked good. Um, you know, I mean, there's, like I said, there's some standouts out there. I, I, I love your take on Die, uh, because, boy, he looked really rough in that first game, that first preseason game. Nice to see him get an interception there in that, in that uh, second game. I mean, granted, he kind of threw it right to him, but you still got to be there. You still got to <laughs> catch the ball. Um, right. You know, it's just it's a, it's a hard evaluation because a lot of these guys, again, it's like how much playing time are they actually going to see? Um, some of these guys might not even make the roster. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how things go. And I don't think we're really going to get much more insight this weekend, but I know we're going to get there. No. So uh, I think it's really going to be a, like a like a Christmas morning. Uh, when we get to that Bucks game where we just get to unwrap the real presence, which is all the starters. That's right. That is exactly right. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how the starters look because I don't know if you've heard these reports, Tony, but there's been reports that the offense has had a tougher time against this defense. And so I'm interested to see if that's just because the defense is really good or if the offense also has maybe not been as good as they probably should be. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, they always say early in the year, offenses tend to struggle more than the defenses, uh, just because with the offense, it's there's so much timing that's involved, and it just takes a while to get in that rhythm, that dance, uh, that quarterbacks and receivers have to get into. Whereas defensively, it's a bit more reaction, right? Um, and so generally speaking, they see offenses, again, tend to struggle a bit earlier in the year, whereas defenses are tad more consistent. So I'm not surprised to hear that. I think we heard the same thing last year, uh, to, to give you an idea. Uh, and that's sad because that was Ed Donatel's defense, <laughs> which was, oh, well, let's just say not good right less less should we say less than average yeah um, should we say maybe bottom of the league (laughs) yeah uh slightly mediocre yeah yeah slightly Mm. better than the worst which in some categories (laughs) i can't even say that yeah but yeah that is true yeah not some um (laughs) all right well um i want to get to talk a little bit about the uh, Cardinals joint practice. Obviously, the Vikings play the Cardinals for their final preseason game on Saturday. Um, 
I want to talk a little bit. Uh, this is from, <laughs> I goes to show you. Well, I wasn't there, so it's hard for me to have notes. <laughs> so uh, we're taking this from Leighton Glottic, um, co-founder of Strictly Football on uh, Twitter, LG, uh, L Glottic, L, uh, that's G-L-O-D-E-K on Twitter or X as it was. Um, it was hot. There's a shocker. Um, (laughs) (laughs) he also says, uh, his notes include that Daniil Hunter was looking very good, made an, a, a huge impact on the entire defense today. Uh, Jordan Addison was looking special. He was constantly open and Kirk often found him when he was Byron Murphy, fantastic practice, revenge practice. Uh, Murphy looking like a true CB1, including a rep in which he shut down Hollywood Brown. Um, I might try and show that, but uh, we'll see. And then uh, Tristan Jackson made some excellent plays. He needs to get some more reps with the ones, says Layton. He also says that Jalen Rager uh, came back to practice after appearing to get banged up. Um and then right after that, he caught a bomb from Kirk Cousins. So there you go. And um, wow. overall, his thoughts are Cardinals made the Vikings look like Super Bowl contenders. So uh, there you go. That's how badly you know the Cardinals are at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Tony, I, I don't know if you looked much at my uh, my NFL uh, prediction for standings, but, um, I, uh, I had the Cardinals as one of the five worst teams in the league, uh, record wise is my prediction coming in to this season. I haven't, I haven't officially released them. So I guess the standings will remain, uh, between us for now, but, uh, uh, yeah, the Cardinals, uh, I think are going to look pretty rough when the regular season starts. Yeah. I think most people have the Cardinals as definitely basement of the league. Um, you know, pro- as you mentioned, it, it's hard to predict exactly right uh, because things can happen. Injuries primarily, uh, especially if injuries happen to teams that are already decimated from a talent perspective. Um, but they have a chance uh, to be uh, a pretty bad team. <laughs> That's a weird way to say it, but they have a, they've got a chance, Carson. They're saying there's a chance they could be the worst team in the league. They may be. Uh, however, however, I will say this: I said the same thing about the Seahawks last off season. Now I'm not saying sure. they're going to be the Seahawks or the 2022 Seahawks, but about everybody and their mom when they were predicting what teams were going to be doing. Almost universally in the NFC, it was the Seahawks, maybe the worst team in the NFC. And clearly that wasn't the case. So um, now, do I think Colt McCoy can have this resurgence that uh, Geno Smith uh, had? Mm, Probably not. But all I'm saying is that's why we love the NFL. You never know what's going to happen. Any given Sunday, all the cliches you want to throw out there, uh, but it it you know on paper and what it looks like, yeah, the Cardinals look to be uh look to be pretty weak. Also, a uh, little note here too. This is from Vikes Insider. Ivan Pace Jr. continued to work extensively with the first team defense today. The rookie linebacker scored a pick six after catching a pass that Byron Murphy Jr. deflected. So how about that? Wow. Yeah, I actually saw that highlight. Uh, It looked good. I mean, uh, I kind of thought the same thing you thought, which was like, man, these highlights look good. I saw the Byron Murphy uh, interception. I saw the Ivan Pace interception. And, uh, yeah, immediately I just went to. I, I, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle of, the Vikings have some talent and, and and I think Arizona's lacking uh in maybe some talent. Yep. Yep. It 
It definitely seems like that for sure. Um, Maybe we'll win our first. Jalen, Chris Boyd was the guy I was trying to think of earlier, by the way. Mm. Uh, Mm. That's that's who I was likening Najee Thompson to. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Maybe I missed it. Maybe we had a little break in the uh, connection there. Maybe I missed that. But uh, yeah, uh, and that makes a good, good old Chris Boyd. I wonder where wonder what he's doing these days. Well, he's with the Cardinals. Oh, well then. He, uh, <laughs> well then he, forget him then. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was showed, he was showed going against Jalen Rager on a drill here and Rager caught like a little curl route. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was just a little comeback or comeback. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So it wasn't anything huge. Well, the thing is, it's tough is that, you know, with Jalen in particular, you know, these guys are, are round one talents for a reason. I mean, he, clearly he had some talent. Um, granted, so was Laquan Treadwell. But, you know, there's a reason why these guys are scouted the way they are and then picked where they are. It's just, for whatever reason, it's either a misscout, an injury, or, um, you know, they just can't put it together. I think with Rager, it's it's a little bit of he can't put it together. That That's what I've been able to gather. Like he looks like he practices like the practices are phenomenal, right? Um, but at the same time, um, you know, it, it's just maybe getting in games, kind of like a quarterback. You got to read a defense. Uh, maybe one of those things where you know you got to make decisions on the fly because it just seems like, I mean, I, I'll never forget that indie game, right? That indie game where it was like what was it two times, and I'm sure there was more than that, but at least twice. You know, he ran either stopped on a route or ran the wrong route. Um, and it resulted in interceptions for Kirk. And you just can't have that. You know, it's a, they, they can be game killers and certainly drive killers, clearly. But um, that's that's my big thing with uh, with Rager. I see I see the potential, but just need him to get it together. That's right. Well, and as we. uh as we mentioned, the Cardinals making the Vikings look like Super Bowl contenders. Does that uh, does that give me more? I guess I'm asking myself, but also asking you this: Does that give you more optimism for the season, or doesn't it really impact your thoughts because you knew the Cardinals were likely going to be bad? So it's like, oh well, they did well against the Cardinals. Whoop de doo. I mean, I would say this, if this was a regular season game, what I would hope for is that the Vikings would take them to task and end the game early. You know, that was my biggest, that was my biggest, uh, one of my biggest criticisms of, of Zimmer is that, um, and I hate to keep going back to Zim, but we, you know, we're early in KOC's tenure is that you know we would let teams hang around it was like teams that we should beat we don't just beat them and beat them handedly and then teams we you know either shouldn't beat or it's going to be competitive you know those are also close it's like you watch these good teams you know if the chiefs are playing if the chiefs are playing the cardinals like they should they should blow them out right like that should not be right. a contest and they're going to do it i mean unless something really weird happens um, and it would just be nice to watch our team have that kind of grit and uh, nastiness to them where they just keep the foot on the gas. Um, I think what kept us from doing some of that last year was this: the defense was so poor that the offense basically had to have the foot on the gas all game long for the most part just to keep pace because the defense couldn't right. stop anybody. They're, you know, Swiss cheese. Uh, but um, hopefully with this new fandangled scheme, we can buy our offense some time, uh, build some healthy leads, and uh, I don't need to start taking heart medication. <laughs> yeah, we all know that that's exactly what happened last year, and we are sick of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, uh, we don't want any more of that heart medicine. All right, KOC. All right, Kirk. All right, all y'all. Yeah, I just want to have a nice, relaxing Sunday afternoon. Would that be too much to ask? Yeah, like, you know, once once a month or 
couple months or something like that. Just something. But, uh, something. Yeah. Um, Tony, is there anything else that you heard about or thought was interesting from today's practice? Um, no, no, nothing that's coming out of practice outside of just the heat. And, uh, you know, glad these guys are, are being smart with that. I'll be honest. I was out today in the heat and only about five minutes away from the facility where everybody was at, um, my office is over there and, uh, you could have spread the air on an English muffin today. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was, it was hot and thick and not pleasant. Blech. Give Ugh. you that, uh, that kind of vibe. Yeah. I, yeah. uh, I'm definitely not upset, uh, or not upset that I was unable to make it today. I, I mean, yeah, right. unfortunate, but also like, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm supposed to be going to the Minnesota State Fair here on Friday, and I'm already going like, you know, do I just bite the bullet and get one of those rascals? Has as that has it come to that where I just I just throw all the you know my ego to the wind and say I can't do it. It's so hot, but man, I want that pronto pup. I'm not gonna do it, Carson. I'm not gonna get one of those scooters, the rascals, but. Boy, oh boy, I'm going to think about it. You got to think about it, man. At least you got to think about it. Work smart, not hard. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. Um, well, I'm going to try and get this uh, little MP4 downloaded here of Byron Murphy. I could get them all downloaded, but it's going to take way too much time. But uh, Byron Murphy uh, locking up Hollywood Brown. I, I'm assuming you saw it, Tony. I saw the, yeah, when he locked up Hollywood, I did see that. Did I say Antonio? I met Hollywood. Um, That's all right. I mean, he might have done it to Antonio Brown as well. He actually, Antonio Brown did get locked up. He stopped paying his child support. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that was too also in the news. I didn't make that up. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was in the news too, huh? Yeah, okay. It was in the news. Yeah, I'm not just making that up for clicks. He, he did this week. He got arrested. The latest on the school. Not by Byron podcast. Murphy, though. To be very clear, Byron Tony. Murphy did not. Yeah. Tony locks up people. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got uh, our guards major concern still. Yes. Uh, the uh, guards are still a major concern, uh, especially Ed Ingram. I'm still not sure what he is going to do to get better this year um any thoughts from you on that tony like where where i guess maybe what i should ask is what is your comfortability level at if you had to put a grade on it an a or a b or a c on the offensive line especially the interior line but we'll just say the offensive line as a whole boy that's hard i mean i would say as an uh an aggregate probably a b but that's because they're they're at different ends of the spectrum. I mean, I would say our tackles, I'm probably feeling pretty darn good. I mean, Darisaw and O'Neal, I mean, I, don't, I really don't know. I mean, that's that's a heck of a duo right there. Um, probably gets like an A- minus for me. Um, maybe B-plus if you're being hypercritical. But, I mean, they're, they're up there. Um, no issues. When it comes to the interior, yeah. I mean, then we start getting to like... I mean, we're prove it time, you know, for Ingram, obviously. I mean, I know he's only in his second year, but at, at some point you can't be a liability and you can, or I should say you can only be a liability for so long. So basically um, I'm saying I'd probably go like a D. So that brings me, yeah, to probably like a B minus ish um, as a whole. It's just, yeah, it's a tale of different parts of the line. So what I, I would imagine you feel the same way, but is that kind of where you're at too? Yeah. As a whole, I would probably put my grade on the offensive line at probably like a B minus, maybe a C plus. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, yeah, if you take, if you take just the tackles, you're looking at an A probably, 
but you add the interior, including Garrett Bradbury, by the way. Uh, you yeah. add the interior, and that gets me down to a B minus C plus. <laughs> yeah, so well, exactly. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, but uh, you never I know. Think, you never know. They could improve. Obviously, the the hope is that. And you know, like they've said, they've been they've been talking about this, like the com- camaraderie of being in the same group for the second consecutive year. Like, there's no changes along the starting offensive line so the hope is the communication aspect is taken care of and they're able to figure out what the heck they're doing so then we don't have to have um ed ingram getting just absolutely manhandled uh, manhandled or whatever you want to say <laughs> uh insert adjective here um right. <laughs> yeah exactly so, yeah. Yeah. yeah well all right uh, i felt ahead. like we had a pretty big drop off when bradbury got i mean i know bradbury has some pretty uh well-documented struggles but we got to remember late in the season when we had that rash injuries at center like people forget that we had even had that like which made the interior line look even worse uh, than what it was. And, and so as bad as Bradbury has looked at times in the past, still having him back and healthy, the offensive line was playing better when we had him in the lineup versus when he was out of the lineup. So happy to get him back. Would like to see improvement, but uh, just the fact that we got all the guys back. And as you mentioned, they're, 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 they gel, you know, they have the good camaraderie between the group. Um, you know, I have, there's, there's some positive energy there for me. Yeah, indeed. Well, here is the Byron Murphy rep against Hollywood Brown. For those of you that are watching or will watch this later on, you can also see this on the Vikings um, X account, uh, Twitter account. Um, This is where that video is. And here you go. Right in front of our faces for you. You see Byron Murphy, I'll show one more time. You see him just locking down Hollywood Brown right there and coming away with an interception on that rep. Byron Murphy, CB1, I'm here for it. Let's go, Tony. Let's roll. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be good. And, and you know, the other aspect of this defense, too, is that I think they're going to move a lot of these guys around. You know, Murphy has the ability to play in the slot a little bit. Obviously, so does Blackman. Um, but they both obviously can rotate between inside and outside. So I think it's really going to depend on like game plan uh, for the defense or I should say the offense that they're playing uh, the next week. So I wouldn't be surprised to see these guys move around a bit week to week. Um, It's just going to be dependent on what, uh, you know, who they're playing, what the offense they believe is going to present to them. So uh, I'm excited. I, I just think that, it's going to be, a, again, breath of fresh air, <laughs> not watching our DBs line up in zone coverage 10 yards off the ball every play. All right. Um, moving along here, Tony. Moving along. Um, some unfortunate news coming out of Vikings practice today. This is a report from Diana Russini, a very trusted league insider. Uh, she tweeted, The Vikings at tight end TJ Hawkinson have been working on an extension, but both sides are far apart apart, per league sources. Hawkinson wants to reset the market with a historic contract extension for tight ends. He's been limited at practice because of an ear infection and back soreness. So there you go. There's the true reason why Hawkinson has been missing some of practice. No, not prob- probably not fully, but uh Yeah, I don't I don't know. I of course I want to believe that that's not playing a part in why he hasn't participated. But, you know, at the same time, it, you know, it is what it is. Like players are trying to get their money, um if, if the report's true, and again, it's always hard to tell 
what's true, what's not true, who's putting out information for their own self-interest. But if it is true that he's trying to have this like massive contract, I hate to say it, Carson, wrong team to do it on because I don't know if you know this, but there's another player who wears 18 that probably is also looking for a historic contract. And um, I don't know if you also know this, we can't play with only uh, not 11 players on offense. So (laughs) uh, we need to be able to afford other players. I mean, look, they could sign me up. I'll, I'll play for a league minimum, but uh, be honest with you. I'm going to be really, really bad. So uh, it's going to be a tough sledding if they're, if they're going to have to go to the stars and scrubs way of uh, formulating a roster. And in general, it doesn't work out well for teams. So, Yeah, the back issue is something new, though. And it sounds like TJ Hawkinson does also have a back issue, but he's still aiming to be ready by week one. Um, I don't think the contract is going to prevent him from playing week one, but... If at all possible. And, you know, part of the problem is, too, Tony, the Vikings don't know what they're going to have to do at quarterback next year. Yeah, I mean, they might they might have to bring Kirk back. And who knows how much money he's going to want? Probably still north of 30, 35 million a year. And, you know, like you said, when you're paying that to Cousins and then you're also going to be paying J.J. pretty soon, his big contract. And then you add TJ Hawkinson in here. Oh boy, we're stepping into some dangerous contract waters here. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I think the Vikings are also trying to be extremely cautious. And another reason is too, the tight end position is one that is often injured. You look at George Kittle, you look at I mean, Travis Kelsey's kind of the exception to the rule. He's rarely injured. But George Kittle for San Francisco, he's been hurt quite a bit um, throughout his NFL career, as much as I love him. Another Iowa tight end, my boy. But uh, he's been hurt. And tight end is one of those positions, again, like I said, you're going to be hurt a lot, and he's hurt right now. So what does that say to you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's a big body, and uh, especially these guys that are – uh, you know, more athletic in quotations, uh, tight ends where they really play more just like receivers. Um, you know, they take a beating out there because again, big targets, which is great for quarterbacks. Uh, it's also great for linebackers and corners to tee off on, uh, especially if they're catching balls over the middle and things like that. So, uh, yeah, a lot of these guys get injured. I mean, granted, their contracts don't generally get up into the stratosphere as uh, like a receiver, certainly. Um, I mean, unless you're talking about, well, like a, like a Kelsey. Um, And I love Hawkinson, but I don't, I don't think he's on that level. I really only think one person's on that level right now. And that, that is Travis Kelsey. Um, After that, I, I mean, I'd even make an argument that Hawkinson's in the mix though, for second or third in the league behind uh, Kelsey. Um, but again, uh, yeah, I, I'm just right there with you. I have concerns with money, with just too many hands trying to get into the cookie jar. And, you know, look, like I said, as much as I want him on the team and I would be disappointed if it turns out that we just got to cut ties, um, I also understand it's a business and that these guys want to get paid and their time in the league is limited. So um, would I be sad if he left? Absolutely. I think he fits in well with this team, but um, if it has to happen, it has to happen. Maybe, maybe Josh Oliver will be the next great thing (laughs) that we don't know about yet. Yeah, and it actually does sound, by the way, that it looks like he's been doing pretty, pretty well in practice, not only with, of course, the uh, blocking aspect, which we knew he was good at, but he's also been doing well pass catching. And so that leads you to kind of believe, Tony, that things are 
at least looking good for the backup court, uh, backup tight end position for the yeah. Vikings. Uh, I'm still not sold on Johnny Munt. That's a whole nother story, but uh, right, yeah. I, I think uh, Josh Oliver, that was a really good underrated signing and not, not that he's like, you know, like he's not your starting tight end, but he's a really solid number two option behind Hawkinson. And he's probably like your fifth or sixth option on offense in totality. So, yeah. 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 Agreed. I think, I think the depth at tight end, you know, despite Johnny Munt is better than what it was last year. And it's not really even that close. I mean, you had Irv Smith Jr. and Ir, uh, Johnny Munt uh, to start the year last year, and then they traded for Hawkinson, and they signed Josh Oliver this offseason. Um, I'm very happy with the depth. Now, can they prove it on game day? Can TJ Hawkinson um, stay healthy for one? And for two, can the Vikings get him to stay in Minnesota? That is the question. Yeah. Well, and then you forget to like, yeah, we started the season with Irv, but not really. He had to have surgery in preseason and then we didn't have him until almost darn near when we got a Hawkinson, you know? So it was just a, yeah, you know, interesting deal. Yep. And, uh, Justin Jefferson, by the way, um, also recognizing game, game, recognizing game, hashtag, uh, did that backwards. Uh, he said, uh, in response to who stood out in the D back room, of course, Byron Murphy. He said it at the beginning of us going against each other. He's learning from me and I'm learning from him. I'm going to get him better and he's going to get me better. That's what JJ said about Byron Murphy Jr. So it's encouraging that those two are getting each other better. And I really do believe that. I'm not. You know, JJ's not lying at all when he says that because uh, JJ's the best in the game for my money and a lot of people's money. And when you have the best receiver going against your best corner, that's more you you can't help but get better unless you're just looking terrible every day in practice. So you you have to get better of your Murphy. And then yeah. Murphy's not been a bad corner in the league, so that helps JJ. And especially considering who was in the cornerback room last year. <laughs> <laughs> so right. uh I think I think those two are actually feeding off each other. I don't think JJ's blowing smoke or it's just like, oh yeah, it sounds really nice. No, I think it's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. Uh well, Dalvin Cook to Philadelphia. He's ready to run for a buck twenty-five and two tutties in week two. What do you think, Tony? <laughs> Dalvin Cook to Philly. Uh R2 New York, excuse me. Hello. Yeah. I know that's Hello. okay. That's I, okay. I, I got my I got my uh <laughs> got my green teams wrong. No, that's okay. I thought I'm, maybe uh, they were playing Philadelphia. No, um no. but yeah, no, the Jets, yeah. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um to the Jets. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. That would have been so, something though. I think he did visit Philadelphia, didn't he? Um, he may have. Um, but yeah, it was Jets, Miami. I know he he did uh, he did audition for Miami a little bit, or went and talked to them. I feel like there was a third team. I just might not be thinking about that's not called the Vikings. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean Dalvin and uh, and Aaron Rodgers teaming up. He did say that he yeah. he was uh, what was it. Philly. Um, he was, he was excited to not have to be on the, you know, the opposite side for once right. with, uh, uh, with, uh, with, with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I think he'll yeah. be fine. I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see the mix between him and Brees Hall, uh, because for all uh, intents and purposes, it sounds like Hall's going to be, uh, going to be, uh, ready for week one. He's healthy. So, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, it's the New York Jets, not the uh, not the Eagles. Thankfully, I don't know why Philly was in my mind. I'm just already dreading that game. So I just figured, well, Dalvin probably will just go there just to make me dread it even more. But yeah, uh, 
yeah, uh, the Jets looking like looking like contenders, I guess. I the problem I have with the Jets is that they're in the AFC, Tony. If they were in the NFC, I think they would have a really good shot of going to the Super Bowl. But the fact that they are in the best conference in the NFL leads me to believe that they could not even potentially make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they I think they're going to make the playoffs. But um cuz you look at the I'm division. just throwing it out there as a possibility. I I think they probably will too, but Yeah, I mean they 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 are in a tough division. I mean, they've got to deal with the the Bills, right? Um yep. they've got to deal Dolphins. with the Dolphins. Uh I don't think dealing with the Patriots is going to be much of an issue. Um, fighting Bill Belichick's. Yeah, but but um, I do think that I don't know. I have this weird feeling that the Bills are going to maybe take a little bit of a step back this year. Sorry, Bills Mafia, uh, but I do. I, I think kind of thought that myself. Yeah, I think I think they might have a tough go. Um, and then I mean, think about M- Miami. Miami, everything's going to hinge on Tua and Tua's health. Um, you know, he had what was it? Three nasty concussions last year that, you know, obviously ended his season. And, uh, I mean, he, he's one more, you know, potentially away from being a, you know, done with his career, but particular potentially. So, um, you know, for me, that's a big concern. Um, so I don't know, you know, we'll see what happens. There's certainly a lot of firepower with the jets. Defense is a very, very good. Uh, the offensive line is a pretty big concern for the Jets. It's going to be interesting to see how Aaron Rodgers handles that. Um, you know, he's generally had pretty decent offensive lines in, in Green Bay. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not moving the needle for me much. The interesting thing about the Dalvin uh, signing is that we said it on last week's podcast. Uh, I mentioned that Dalvin's going to set the market for any of these other running backs uh that are out there and i said he i bet he ends up at around eight and it was it was like 8.6 so you know a guy like kareem hunt probably can't expect more than three you know in my opinion yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with dalvin there how much time he gets with Brees hall as you mentioned um, yep. and the offensive line issues, like you said, uh, there's some issues there and, um, Aaron Rodgers doesn't necessarily like having a bad offensive line. So <laughs> things yeah. could get heated in New York pretty quickly too. Um, Diggs wants out of Buffalo says my dad Diggs wants out of everywhere he goes. It seems, um, I just, I, I, you know, I loved Stefan Diggs when he was here, but I just think he cannot be satisfied wherever he goes. I just, I don't know. I just kind of get sick of it with him after a while. It's like, what do you want a good quarterback? Yes. No, actually, wait, I want this. No, actually I want, uh, what do you want? I, I know you want a Super Bowl, but. Sometimes you can't get traded to the best team and also get paid the most money and go win a Super Bowl. Like, I just don't think he gets it. Or if he does get it, he's not willing to accept it. Um, So, well, he said on Twitter X or flippity flop or whatever it's called. um, He's (laughs) he did refute that story. He's I don't know where they're getting the sources from, you know. So who knows, you know, he, he probably is trying to play both sides um, where he doesn't want people to, you know, the fans to be negative. Cause like you said, I don't know if I really buy it. I think there's probably a nugget of truth there where he's not super happy. Maybe it's a little overblown uh, as far as like what extent he's said that his unhappiness is going to go to, you know, maybe that's a little bit, over overdone or overplayed um but it was probably somewhere in the middle you know where he's expressed some uh you know concern if you will um and then buffalo's probably said well too freaking bad um 
and then it's just kind of awkward. But I think, like anything, winning winning uh, heals most uh, things and can cover a lot of, uh, you know, wounds, if you will. Uh, I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you kind of get what I'm saying. Uh, you know, winning winning can kind of cover up a lot of um, issues um, on a team. Now, if they start losing a bunch, all of a sudden they start start out the season, you know, two and four, two and three. Uh, and, you know, you know, we might start getting some of that digs, that old classic digs, uh, where he starts getting a bit more disgruntled. All right, enough of Stefan Diggs. We got to talk about future Vikings now. Uh, Trey Lance. Yeah. Um, has the 49ers way options for Trey Lance calling his hometown team, the Vikings, who were a rumored destination before the draft, makes sense. Nothing is impossible, but Minnesota has a backup in Nick Mullins and drafted rookie quarterback Jaron Hall. Post-draft, these deals are harder. That is a tweet from Ian Rapsheet himself, Ian Rappaport. NFL Network, and then Benjamin Albright, here you go, he gave his thoughts on the whole Trey Lance thing. He is a reporter uh, for the Broncos flagship. He's a pretty respected NFL Twitter man. Um, Anyways, he says, I think that the 49ers will pick up the phone and see what the price tag is. Or no, he was referring to the Broncos. I take that back. Somebody was asking him if he thought the Broncos would see what the tag, uh, the uh, deal is for Lance. I think they'll pick up the phone and see what the price tag is. No harm in that. My gut says that San Francisco and Minnesota work out a deal that involves Lance for a pass rusher with picks going both ways. Ooh, how about that? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. I actually, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. I think that they want, it's kind of like, there's a bidding war for Dalvin Cook. There's so many teams trying to trade with the Vikings for Dalvin Cook, which we know is just a smokescreen for them trying to drum up, you know, uh, interest. I honestly, I think Trey Lance is, is, is close to being done his career is on a thread right now they do not have i mean brock purdy unless he's literally the next tom brady which i get they're kind of making it seem to be if he can't show more promise than a guy that is trying to do basically the impossible and he can't pass Sam Darnold, who has basically fizzled out everywhere else. Um, I think most of us would agree that um, Shanahan over in San Francisco is a pretty good coach, right? So never heard of him. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, it'd be different if we're talking about a coach that's new, a really, really dysfunctional organization. You know, maybe it's you know, the Browns or something, you go, well, what are they, you know, they don't obviously don't really know what they're doing anyway. Um, This is a good franchise, good front office, good coaching staff, not a super strong quarterback room. And he can't crack it, which basically means I want him nowhere near my team. Zero chance. Like they, if they want to give him to the Vikings, it will literally be either for free or they're going to pay us to take him off their hands. Like we will take him just so you don't have to pay his contract. Like that, that would be the level of acceptance for me. I swear if this team does any, it's, it literally would be in my opinion, worse than the Josh Freeman trade. If, if they trade for, for, for Trey Lance, That's what if, opinion. what if it was this? What if it was DJ Wanham for Trey Lance straight up? Would you I, do it? No, because Wanham deserves probably a roster spot. I think Trey Lance deserves to be on a practice squad. Okay. <laughs> how about uh, how about how about if they if they really want want this deal done, they throw yeah. in a second round pick. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's 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 a third round pick, fourth round pick. That's just how low I am on Lance. Because 
this is my thing. Um, NFL teams are not stupid. They don't throw away garbage. And there's only a few teams in the league that may throw away players thinking that they're garbage. And then other teams pick them up and go, this isn't garbage. Um, very few teams do that, which means if they get through the ringer and especially at the quarterback position, like a franchise quarterback is the Holy grail of draft picks, right? So even if he had the chance to still be that guy, there's no way they would let him go. And the fact that they're ready to let him go tells us they are done. They uh, That ship has sailed. It is Johnny Manziel minus the drugs. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. I'm, I'm torn. I mean, I'm I don't want it to it. be that way. I, 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 the story'd be great. Um, yeah. but I was, I, you know, look, if you would have asked me the same question prior to the off season and preseason, I would have said, maybe, maybe let's talk about it because there's a chance. Um, the fact that he's still just nowhere to be found in the preseason, it just solidifies the fact that he's not going to take this leap. That that the ship has ha- sailed, the train has left the station. We know what he is, and what he is is probably not an NFL quarterback. Boom! Get roasted. Yeah. I yeah. will just say this: Jaron Hall is twenty five years old. Trey Lance is twenty three. Yeah, it's true. That's all. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, I mean, and like I. Like I said, I I'll think- just I'll just spit I'll just spit out more facts for you here, quick Tony. Trey Lance is six four. Jaron Hall is six foot. <laughs> well, you're pre you're not preaching the right person, Carson, because you already know how I feel about Jaron Hall, which is also that I don't think he's going to start in this league. But <laughs> I don't know if he could turn into a backup. Um, you know, and maybe that's it. Maybe uh, the question would be, do we think that Lance could be better than Jaron Hall? And maybe that answer is yes. But again, now we're we're literally having a conversation about who might be able to back up a, a franchise quarterback that we either don't have yet or is Kirk Cousins. Like, you know, that's kind of like debating who should be our fourth string cornerback on the defense uh, or the third string safety. Harrison Smith, do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think we should give give up Brian Flores to the to the Niners. Let's uh, let's see if Brian Flores will suit up for us. There we go. Maybe we'll put Trey Lance on the defense. <laughs> That's right. Let's uh, let's see what he does at safety. Yeah, he could do something. <laughs> there you go, Trey Lance, the safety. Welcome to Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, or, or welcome back, I should say. Um, <laughs> got David chiming in here. Skull State of Mind. What's up, David? We're just wrapping up the show here. Uh, Tony, anything else uh, that we got to get to today other than uh, Dalvin Cook not going to Philadelphia? No, I think I think we covered it all, Carson. Uh was a good session, of course. A little, little rap sesh on uh, what's happened over the last week. Talked a little bit about the preseason game. Obviously, we will have a show after the Cardinals preseason game, which will be Saturday at 12 p.m. Central Time. Uh, so excited for that. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I think you covered all the bases, Mr. Schubert. Yes, and uh, let's see. What else was I going to say? Oh, by the way, Tony was probably late because uh, I did a really good job of getting the material, the the link to the show to the wrong person, and for a good for a good twelve minutes, thirteen minutes, I thought that Tony was a different person on my phone or on my messages on my on my uh, computer, and then uh, the person's like, "Oh, I didn't know you had a podcast." Yes. I do have a podcast and no, you're not invited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I do have a podcast. Um, 
I think that's a new uh, that maybe that should be my new X bio, Tony. What do you think? Uh, yes, I have a podcast. Yes, I have a podcast, but you're not invited. But you're not invited. There yeah, you go. there you go. All right. Well, uh, that is going to wrap it up. Uh, thanks for watching. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe for more Vikings content. As I said before, the show got underway. We're going to be doing some previews of the other teams in the NFC North coming up here relatively soon in the next week or two. So be looking out for that. And I think that's it, Tony. So uh, thanks for watching. And uh, I uh, bid you all farewell. And as always, Skull. Skull, baby.